Hello and welcome to the Catholic Duluth Show. The Catholic Duluth Show is a parish community podcast serving the parishes of St. Lawrence and Holy Family in Duluth, Minnesota. Thank you for joining us today. My name is Dan Rhoda, and with me I have Father Eli Gieske. How are you doing today, Father Eli? Good. Yeah. Good to be on the show again. This uh, would be, is this, is this second to last? Second to last, probably. Yeah. So. Yeah. The uh, what's penultimate uh, <laughs> yeah. series with, with for me. Yeah. 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 Episode. Yeah. yeah it's, uh, it's, uh, Going fast, yeah. The especially when we first got the announcement, and then you're like, "Oh, well, it's still got like you know, it was like a like month. a month and a half or like five weeks or something." Yeah. And it's like, "Oh, two weeks left." Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. How how are you doing with uh with with everything? You said you were packing this yeah, week. Yeah, I did some packing this week. Kind of sorted through some things. You know, every time I move, it's an opportunity to get rid of stuff, and uh, it's like, well, do I really want to? bring this with me. I haven't used it in 20 months or however long it's been. So maybe I should get rid of it. So I got rid of some books or I'm going to get rid of some books. Got rid of some clothes. Um, I had some bookshelves that I just bought while I was here, but the rector in Krasi has some built-in bookshelves. So, you know, I don't really need them. So those, those kind of things like Father Anthony, you want these? Yeah, okay, sure. So we're kind of working out those kind of details, and yeah, um, so yeah, yeah, and, and uh, obviously Father Anthony's around mm-hmm. for this week and next week. We had it, we had him on the podcast last week. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that that's been. I was telling you before, like it's nice to have two priests around. Like it's just yeah. it's like oh, we don't we don't get this very often. You know, some sometimes we have you know like a seminarian or something, but right, right. Um, but it's just like oh, this is it's a. It's nice, and it just seems right. Yeah. You're like, oh, yeah. it'd be nice if we just had... Jesus sent him out two by two. Yeah, 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 for a reason, right? <laughs> yeah. So. Um, yeah, which, obviously, that's not something that we can do right now, but uh, but it's just like a little bit of uh, a, little, a little taste of like, oh, this would be nice yeah. someday if yeah. we could, if every parish could do yeah. that. So. Right, right. Yeah, it's a different experience when there's two priests, I think. Mm-hmm. They're able to... They have different gifts, probably, and they can, yeah. So I think that model, which used to be pretty common, has fallen by the wayside because of numbers or or whatever. But um, maybe someday that'll happen again. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and there's going to be a uh, uh, a going away slash welcome. Yes. Of, of events. There's going to be two of them. Um, one at St. Lawrence, one at Holy Family. So the one at St. Lawrence is going to be this upcoming Sunday, the 27th at 11 a.m. or after the 11 a.m. Mass. Um, I think there'll just be some some goodies mm-hmm. and opportunity to say goodbye and yeah. say hello. Yeah, so, exactly. yeah. And then uh, the same thing will be down at Holy Family on April 3rd. So, And that's that's your yeah. last day. My last day, yeah. <clears throat> so, uh, so yeah, it'll be after the 9 a.m. Mass. At Holy Family, so uh, some other things that we have going on. Um, there's a Let's Listen session. So this is uh, kind of the diocesan initiative, uh, just to get uh, to get feedback, but then also to see like, okay, how can we minister to uh, the people in the diocese mm-hmm. the best? Uh, so I mean, the first one's tonight, which people will listen to this probably. It's probably done by this point, yeah. but. Um, but there's going to be one next week at St. James at 6.30 p.m. 
Uh, and so we're kind of teaming up with uh, with St. James. Uh, we're going to have one here and one down there. Yeah. And then uh, and you went to the one at uh, at the cathedral. Yep, correct. I went to the open one in the deanery. Um, yeah, it was, it was good. And then we actually did one as a deanery, the, the priests and deacons of the deanery, last week at our deanery meeting at, okay. at St. James. So, yeah, so I've done it twice. I'll probably try to be here tonight as well. And so, yeah, that'll... And then, I don't know if... I, I, I'm not going to be here on next Thursday because I have my fraternity, my priestly fraternity group, group is meeting, and we're up in... Um, up in... Uh, Aurora, Hoyt Lakes, Pawabic. Okay. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah. I mean, hopefully there's a decent turnout for yeah. it. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how many people come. Yeah. I mean, we've talked a lot about it, but I still feel like maybe it's a mystery to some people like what it is. And unless you're like heard me or somebody talk about it or maybe read about it in the bulletin, how would you know anything about it? So I don't know. Yeah. Oh, I mean, it's been in the Northern Cross too. Like Bishop featured it, and it's kind of his initiative. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see who comes, and um, you know, these kind of things. You always hope people come, but you also hope that people come to participate, not to with an agenda of like, I want to, um, you know, control this meeting or whatever. It's like, well, it's not about that. It's about listening. So, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So, yeah, it'll be interesting. Yeah, and uh, the the other things that are going on, we have uh, Easter bingo. Oh yeah, Easter bingo. So and one bingo, uh, one at both parishes. Holy Family is going to be the twenty seventh, and Saint Lawrence is going to be the third, and I believe they're both at one p.m. Exactly. Yeah. So, so yeah, you you can win you can win a, a ham. Easter ham, which I'm gonna be honest with you, ham's not not my favorite. Not your never not your favorite thing, but. It doesn't mean it's bad, but doesn't mean it's bad. Not my favorite. Yeah. Uh, I don't think I'm gonna try to win an Easter ham because I'd have to bring it with me. Yeah. I don't know how well they migrate, so. It's <laughs> a good question, especially when they're dead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is my ham. I won in Duluth. Welcome to Crosby. Well, uh, last weekend we had our Men's Day of Reflection. Yeah. Which that. Went well. I think yeah. there was more people than either of us expected to be there, right? Which yeah. was a nice surprise. There was yeah, almost forty. Mm-hmm. I think there was like the actual participants. There was like thirty four or thirty five. So that was good. Uh, yeah, yeah. And there's good good reviews. So hopefully we can do something again next year. And yeah. um, maybe we can even have a, a Women's Day of reflection also. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. Like the sisters do all those retreats for the women down mm-hmm. in the Twin Cities, and they've gotten a number to go. But this is the first time we've done some for the guys, and it'd be nice to do a retreat with them too. But we'll see. We'll yeah. see how it yeah. develops. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I feel like the small groups are going well too. Like I've heard a lot of good things from from the first meetings. Yeah. Um, so I'm really excited that that's taken off. We'll see where it goes, and. Um, yeah, there's a lot of good things happening. It just, yeah, be, be. Uh, I mean, it's we're already. It's coming up. It would be the, is it the fifth Sunday of Lent already? Fourth, whatever it is. Yeah, it's I, don't, I don't even know. It's coming up fast. It it is going fast though. Lent mm-hmm. is yeah. Lent's flying by right now. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, and today we're gonna continue on with our 
kind of Beatitudes series, which we're um, using uh, some some inspiration from Fulton Sheen, um, a book called The Cross and the Beatitudes. So we'll use that, uh, talk about a couple more Beatitudes and how Jesus really lived those out, especially on the cross. Um, so we'll do maybe two more again today. Um, and then maybe for the finale next week, we can uh, finish strong. So finish, finish it up. So um, well, before we start, would you open us in a prayer? Okay. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the opportunity today to gather to talk about the Beatitudes. Um, we thank you for the teaching of the Beatitudes, how how you um, have, over the centuries, used this teaching to influence so many people's lives and so many different aspects of our lives. As we reflect on these Beatitudes today, we ask that our hearts would be open um, to the graces that you want to share with us um, through your teaching, and may it impact our lives in a way that allows us to draw close to you and follow you faithfully. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. All right, so we're going to start today with uh, uh, Blessed are the poor in spirit. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so the line goes, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. And then, so this is connected to, um, like, he links this to when Jesus said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Mm-hmm. And, um, and just kind of on the, like, uh, my first thought whenever I hear this is, um, it's just interesting because, uh, like poverty is not something that like, especially in our society, but really I think probably ever in the world has ever been like a sought after state in life. Mm -hmm. Like, um, but then also I think this is interesting in particular because it says blessed are the poor in spirit. And like one just could just hear that and be like, Oh, well, shouldn't I be rich in spirit or (laughs) like, like that seems like a good thing. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, but then, the kind of the deeper we get into it, um, it kind of expands and it's more than that. But I don't know. Do you have any thoughts like, or have you ever heard like thoughts like that? Yeah, yeah, I've heard, I've heard sometimes. Uh, you know, I think we all have those thoughts of, what does it actually mean to be poor in spirit? Like, what what are we asking for? Why are we saying they're blessed? And the whole um, thing about the beatitudes. Another translation is happy. Happy are those who are poor in spirit. And like, what? What? Why? How? How does that create happiness? You know? So it's, again, um, I think we we always have to look at, like, well, what does Jesus want for us? Ultimately, he wants us to be united to him. And sometimes both physical riches um, or just stuff in our life, spiritual stuff even, can become an obstacle to our connectedness to God. So, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So when we're poor uh, in spirit, poor in possessions, there's an openness there. There's there's sort of a a necessity of receiving help from outside. You know, when we are rich, and we have possessions, and we have stuff, and we have... um, 
all of our needs met in a worldly way, it's easy to, in that moment to kind of say, well, I'm doing pretty good. I don't need God's help. I don't need assistance. And therefore, I don't even look for spiritual riches or goods. You know, I'm so content with the worldly ones that I, that I don't have an openness even to really seek out spiritual goods. When I'm poor, when I'm poor in spirit, it means I'm, I have a, a need for God. Just like if I'm physically poor, I have a need for like assistance. Maybe I need help getting food on my table or getting clothes to wear or having a place to stay. You know, that's when we often think of poverty. That's those are the things we think about. But in the spiritual realm, if I'm poor, it's an openness to God, like an openness to I need God. Like spiritually, I, I'm not fulfilled on my own. I can't make this work on my own. I need something beyond myself. And so just like a poor person depends on assistance in the physical realm, all of us in the spiritual realm need to cultivate that poverty of spirit so that we depend on the Lord, that we look to the Lord for these spiritual goods. Because if we, especially in a day like today or a time like t- today where we have all these different things that we try to fill that spiritual realm with, we we have meditation, we have yoga, we have um you know, self-help, the whole industry of self-help that there, there's good things out there that can be helpful, but they can also kind of replace the spiritual life, which is really sad. You know, when we, we think of what God created us for and how he invites us to be in relationship with him, and then we, we fill it with ourselves, basically, when we go the self-help route. Again, not that, that that's always bad or that there's nothing good in those things, but it shouldn't be our ultimate end, you know or our end-all, be-all. Some people do make those things like, this is my spiritual life, or this is my spirituality, is to be like, you know, meditative or whatever, but not on Jesus or not on the cross or not on the Christian message. So, I don't know. It, there's a lot there, I think. Yeah. When, um, so Fulton Sheen, he, he talks about like being porn spirit, relating to like interior detachment mm-hmm. um which i think yeah goes along with kind of what you were saying like <clears throat> being able to like detach ourselves from wealth um our social position uh earthly knowledge like he he uses um he uses a line he kind of like plays with the beatitude a little bit but blessed are those who are not possessed by their possessions yeah um yeah, which which I think uh, I think just the fact that he kind of throws in like the the social like our social kind of possession mm-hmm. of like where we are in the world or within yeah. our friend group or whatever, and then even just like earthly knowledge because I I think that's probably not something that we maybe think about within this uh, this aspect, but um, which again you know wealth he in, in, I don't think anyone's saying like well wealth isn't bad. Social position isn't bad, mm-hmm. and knowledge definitely is not bad. Right. But when we are possessed by those things, is right. when it becomes bad. Right. right, right. And on the flip side, you know, sometimes people say, "Well, shouldn't I be poor then, or whatever?" And just being poor isn't good in itself, right? Yeah, it's only good if it opens us up to. God in a deeper way or dependence on God. And sometimes God uses poverty, uh, whether it's physical poverty or other things, to open us to himself. But sometimes there's this idea like, well, the poor 
are better than the rich on on just a moral level. It's like, well, no, that's not what we're saying. But having to reach out beyond ourselves, there's a, there's there can be a, a spiritual good that comes from that, and God can use that openness. So, yeah, it's positions aren't bad. We need leaders. We need knowledge. These are all can be all good things, but they have to be properly ordered. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, if they become an obstacle to our relationship with God, that's when they become problematic. So, yeah, and Fulton Sheen talks about that a little bit too. That, like, just as um, someone who is rich can be, um, can like can be like not possessed by their possessions. Someone who is poor and riches can be possessed by their poverty to a right. certain extent, and right. they can still be they can be full of greed even though they they have none. Right. 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 Um, yeah, so it's not it's not just a good bad, but it's a yeah that interior detachment from and but I, I and I think that's why they kind of use this imagery of poverty because like for the most part yeah you like you uh you need to like rely on god you d- you don't have to mm-hmm. but um but it it's it's i guess it's easier to rely on god when things are bad than when things are good right. it, from an like an earthly like right. worldly right. Pr- perspective right yeah we can easily get distracted <clears throat> by our, our self-reliance. Yeah. And it becomes easy to do that, even if we don't set out to do that. We can kind of get into that mode when, when all of our earthly cares are provided for because mm-hmm. of our wealth, our position, or whatever. Yeah, and um, Fulton Sheen kind of re- connects that to just like our pride. Mm-hmm. You know, because I think when things are good, we kind of... Attribute it to ourselves. Attribute it to ourselves, yeah, rather than, mm-hmm. rather than, not, rather than not. And so... Um, and so yeah, he he kind of just connects like Jesus and being poor in spirit to like kind of being the like antithesis of like pride. Because mm-hmm. um, it was is actually interesting. He connects. He talks about like Jesus was he was economically poor because he was stripped of his garments, um, which he was poor regardless. But just especially on the cross, like mm-hmm. he was socially poor because he was deserted by his friends. Yeah. And then he was spiritually poor because he was uh, like abandoned by God, which is kind of where the "My God, My God, why have you forsaken me?" So kind of like this, like he lived out like radical the, poverty in that moment. Yeah, this this poverty where he, um, which which even just like thinking of that is is I think still like hard for people to grasp. Sometimes, sometimes I know myself because it's like, oh well, like he was God. How could he be abandoned by God? And mm-hmm. you know, thinking of that. Yeah. Um, but just the fact that he was, he lived out this, this poverty, um, where he was kind of like forced to rely on God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, we all are going to have moments like that, not maybe as intense as the cross, but moments like that where we feel like God has deserted us and Jesus experienced that on the cross. He knew in his heart and in his mind that he was not abandoned. So he had faith that the father was still caring for him and would provide for him, would give him the, the strength that he needed. But the feeling, the experience was of abandonment. You know, like you said, all his possessions gone, all his friends gone. Uh, you know, even this this feeling of like, my enemies have triumphed over me. Like, here I am. And my very identity as the son of God, the beloved son of God is being attacked right now. So he held onto uh, the knowledge that he had that 
I am not abandoned by God in the strict sense, but the feeling and the, the, the physical experience that he was going through was one of abandonment. Yes. Mm -hmm. so. Yeah. And we all have moments like that in our lives or, or times in our lives where we're going to feel that way, where it's like, Lord, how could you, like, you know, people in Ukraine right now, especially people who have no particular influence over society or whatever, just kind of collateral victims of the situation. Like, what do they got to be feeling like? Where is God in all this? Why did God allow this to happen to us? What have we ever done to deserve this? You know, those kind of thoughts run through your mind when you when you run up against something like this or, you know, somebody who loses their house to a storm or a tornado or whatever, you know, or fire, you know. We have moments like this in our lives where we feel uh, and experience this this kind of dark moment, and it's a moment of you know where the Lord is testing us, allowing us to experience a, a little taste of the cross, a little taste of His own abandonment. So, yeah. Um. Yeah. How, how do you think we can live out being poor in spirit? in just like our daily lives. Cause I mean, to a certain extent, it's just kind of like humility. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah, I think detachment kind of going back to what you started with detachment is a big part of it. So not being ruled by our stuff or by our, our need for worldly th things or position or whatever. So at least for me, I try to practice that. I'm not always perfect at it or very good at it, but detachment from things. And, you know, there's a, I've, I think I've, maybe I've even said on here, there's a litany of humility that's a prayer out there that I find very helpful to pray. I'm not very, <laughs> I, I want to be what this prayer speaks of, but I'm not always very I look at the list and I'm like, oh, I don't have that or I'm not there yet, but I'm praying for that. The litany of humility is a beautiful prayer, a beautiful desire. Um, so praying for it, that's one thing. And then just finding ways to practice a little bit of detachment or a little bit of uh, just surrendering of something that is a good, but uh, maybe it's good that I let go of this good right now you know so not always getting my way that sort of thing like mm -hmm. it's and when life is easy and good we can get kind of complacent and then um, those that pride or that sort of self-reliance kind of creeps in so it's not like we have to do all kinds of huge penances or whatever but just finding little ways to say, okay, I can, I can, I can uh, practice a little bit of detachment, or uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, penances, or just little little things that we do. That we don't, we don't talk much about, or we don't celebrate in front of everybody. But just little ways to kind of cut away the the ego or the the self-reliance. I don't know if that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. 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 I think that's good. And even just bringing kind of the idea of like sacrifice and mm -hmm. Fulton Sheen says in, in this book that he says the kingdom of God de demands a sacrifice. 
and the poor in spirit are prepared to surrender mm. all. Yeah. And so just, just kind of just like, um, the thought too of just like, it's, and it's not bad to, you know, work for wealth because that's not bad. Or even like having a social position that's not bad or knowledge, like none of that's bad, but then not, I guess. And I, I guess it kind of comes down to identity too of like, that's not who I am at the core. It can be a part of maybe my earthly identity or something. Again, that's not the worst thing, but the core identity of like being a son or daughter of God, that's like, like I guess. Primary. Yeah, primary. And, and so I guess part of that's too is just like, Knowing that, knowing knowing who you are, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. So yeah, I mean, if if you're a wealthy person and you're detached from your wealth, like God can do a lot of good things through your wealth, through mm-hmm. your through your yeah. ability. Or if you're a leader and you have a lot of status, but you're you're rooted in that identity as a son or daughter of God, like God can do a lot of good things through your leadership. So, like again, we mentioned that, but it's just really important to re- realize, like. When we have those things, if we have detachment from them, like God, that's when God can really do amazing things in our lives and use those gifts or those graces that He has offered to us to serve uh, other people. So, yeah, and like on the other side, if you have wealth or power and you don't have detachment from it, then it rules you. Yeah, you kind of see like like what's happening in the ukraine right now mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. that's that's a someone who's power run amok has has power and has money and mm-hmm. just you know so so I, I i think that's just that's even just like a good like visual for like if we um are detached from our possessions and not possessed by them so yeah um so going into the the next beatitude, we have um, blessed are they that hunger and thirst for justice, for they shall have their fill. And uh, the words that Jesus said on the cross that he attributes to this one is, I thirst, hmm. which, you know, goes along per- pretty well. Um, <clears throat> so I guess... First of all, what, what 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 would you say that it means to like hunger and thirst for justice? Yeah. Yeah, another translation mm-hmm. of the word justice would be righteousness. Yeah. That one seems a little more obscure to us cuz what does it mean to be righteous? I mean, it uh, <laughs> righteous well, has almost become like a negative thing, you know, yeah. a l- like a little bit. Yeah. You, know? you are self-righteous. Yeah. That kind of thing, yeah. Yeah. So t- justice in our society, I think people understand that word. You know, at least to some degree, I don't know if they understand really what it means, but it basically in some circles it means getting even or getting retribution, uh, getting what is owed to you. Uh, in Catholicism and Christianity, justice means giving the other what they are owed. So um, whether that's good or bad, whether it's uh, rewards or punishments, you know. So God's justice is... We get what we deserve, you know. So, uh, and that I guess in some sense we're like, "Ooh, I don't want what I deserve. I, I want something more because I don't deserve anything." You know, I deserve punishment. But um, in a sense, like the good that we do in this life, 
God rewards that. Uh, but the, the wrong that we do, he punishes that unless we receive his mercy. So, But uh, hunger and thirst for, for justice is like a, a mindset where we we're not trying to screw other people over. We're, we're trying to uh, make sure that people get what, what they need and what, what is owed to them. And if we have an understanding that each of us is created in the image and likeness of God, then, wow, like, that really helps us to see, like, what do I owe this person? I owe them respect. I owe them dignity. I owe them um, a fair chance. I owe them, you know, um, opportunities in life. And so I think, you know, this is one that in our current society we're wrestling with a lot right now, you know, with the racial tensions that we're experiencing in our world, in our country, um, with the, even with the gender stuff, the, all that stuff. Like we're trying to figure out like, what do we owe each other? And like, how do we respect each other when we have difference of opinion on different things? But like, okay, if we have a difference of opinion on this, like we still have to, we owe each other respect. We owe each other dignity. We owe each other um, to treat each other as human beings. And so we're failing at that in some ways, but so I don't know. There's a, there's a lot there, but I think uh, at root, it means seeing each other as human beings, seeing each other as uh, on a Christian level, seeing each other as made in the image and likeness of God and, and acting accordingly towards one another. Um, that's kind of at the root. I think sometimes when we talk about justice, we jump right right away to that there's been some injustice committed and it needs to be righted. So, yeah. But I don't think that's where Jesus starts. Yeah, and I think Fulton Sheen has an interesting take on this too because first he kind of starts it off with, if the world hu- does hunger and thirst, it's always for something less than justice. Mm-hmm. Um which is kind of like what you were talking about, which is like more of like a I've been wronged and I'm going to get revenge or um, or also even just thinking about like what does the world hunger and thirst for? And it's kind of more of kind of what we talked about right before of like power, knowledge and wealth. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's something where it's like, OK, well, what does Jesus like thirst for you know mm-hmm. even on the cross he says i thirst which it's like what was he what was he thirsting for was he thirsting for water it was like maybe on a human level sure yeah but i got that moment on the cross he was thirsty like why was he there and it was for like the like the souls yeah. of everyone right and that's kind of where Fulton Sheen goes which is this like this spiritual thirst that troubled him a thirst for the beatitude of justice was an insatiable thirst for the souls of men um yeah he, yeah. Wa- he wanted to uh, bring balance again in, into the human race you know we were fallen because of original sin and so he was going through this suffering and came to save us from our sins and so he brings a balance he thirsts for this reality that humanity as a whole and as individuals can be reunited with God like there's this thirst, I want communion with my creation, with people, and so yeah, to bring bring that about, and yeah, it's, it's worth meditating on how much he thirsted for that. 
Mm -hmm. And it's interesting that that's kind of tied in with the justice piece too, because when you think about like what we deserve or what we're owed, it's not Jesus dying on the cross, right? right? So it's almost like a, um, like it doesn't really make that much sense sometimes too, because it's just like, um, it's a great injustice that he suffered on our behalf. Yeah. We were the ones that had wronged God or gone against God, and he pays the price. So in our own lives, we're quick to point out anytime we receive any kind of injustice on the ha- at the hands of somebody else. But here's Jesus willingly accepting an injustice on our behalf, which is pretty incredible. Yeah. Um, so Fulton Sheen, when, when he, he started talking about justice a little bit more, and I'll see if I can find the actual part in the book, um, because I have the notes, but that doesn't really give the full context. So he talks about, um, he starts talking about like the world, um, the world like hates two classes of, of people, like those who are bad and then those who are good. Mm. Like the world loves the indifferent and the mediocre mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and, and kind of talking about like, like justice, like the world, part of the reason that people hated Jesus is because he was too good. Mm-hmm. Cause his like they were ju- justice was, which his justice was like too good mm-hmm. for people yeah. like, like the revenge type of justice, not the, right, right. um, it exposes their own yeah. small, small souls, I guess, that they're not magnanimous like he is. They they are, yeah, that's a good way of putting it. Like, in comparison, what we thought was just or good or whatever, it just, it looks like second class or not even, like, you, your, your form of justice is incomplete and it's obvious when it's, when Jesus is there. Um, I think that's why the Pharisees and the, Scribes are so always upset with him because, by contrast, their form of justice um, is pretty empty. So, yeah. Yeah, and so, um, so, Fulton Sheen says that uh, the world dislikes zeal for God's justice, like, um, and at first hated it in Jesus. And it was his zeal which brought him to the cross. That the world, and then he goes on to say that the world loves the indifferent and the mediocre, but um, but it hates those who are too good and those that are too bad. Um, and he says some go to the cross because they're too good for the majority or for the system, and others go to the cross because they're too bad for it. The world hates the zealous uh, because they are are a reproach to its mediocrity. And it also hates the wicked, um, because it because they are an annoyance to its self complacency. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I just thought that was like a kind of an interesting way um, to. So, so don't be mediocre, immediate medicor, medical. Don't be in the middle. Yeah, yeah, and and, and, and he kind of goes on to say that later in this chapter too. Um, like he says that he goes on to say that like. 
like Christ thirsts for our, like he thirsts for our souls. Um, and like our souls are made for like the fullness of life. Mm-hmm. So like to a certain extent, what are, what are we going to do with the, with the life that we were kind of, that was unjustly paid for. Mm-hmm. So I don't I like, this is definitely a chapter where there's like, it's like, oh, there's a lot here that doesn't totally make sense to me. Like just the way that he all like put, like put it all together. Yeah. Um, but, um, but he kind of ends it with like an exhortation of just like, like away with me, mediocrity and lift up your hearts. The world is looking for light. Will you hide yours under bushels? Hmm. So, um, but it's just like kind of an, an interesting, um, kind of take on thirsting for justice because um, when we think about just how we go about our lives in the world today and um, and, and kind of thinking like what do I like thirst for especially when it comes to uh, not just like those that I love but more of like my enemies mm-hmm. that like how do I like how do I try to give or treat them just yeah. Is it with uh, like revenge, or was it is it like Jesus t- t- type of justice? Yeah. Um, yeah, that's a good. I think, right? It's always easier to love those who we love or love us, but Jesus doesn't stop there. He goes beyond that, and um, yeah, that's a quite quite a tough thing to follow, and we're challenged by Jesus and I think that's why like you said the world responds sometimes very negatively to the Christian messages we can't handle it we don't believe in it we don't think it's possible it's it is impossible on our own and we don't want to trust in the power of God to change us so yeah yeah and <laughs> one of the funny things about Fulton Sheen is because nobody really talks like that anymore and he like he, he can be kind of intense and like he goes on to say, um, those who hate God, really they hate their own wickedness. Mm. And I mean, that kind of reminded me after like what you just said. Yeah. I'm just like people, be like, oh no, that's like, like, that's not possible. Yeah. Like we can't do that. Which is kind of true, but mm-hmm. but just this idea of like, what do we like the parts of like God or the church that we hate? It's like, oh, that is like professing something to us a little mm-hmm. bit. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And there are people that struggle with the church's teaching on different things, whether it's marriage or, again, all the, all the hot-button issues of our day, you know, all yeah. those things, abortion, uh, contraception, uh, anything you want, anything that we struggle with, it's a reflection of that in some form or fashion, we don't think, we don't believe God, that he can fulfill us and we feel like we need these things in order to protect ourselves or be happy or find fulfillment, basically. And so, yeah, it's just very interesting that we we follow the lies of our own hearts or our society or our, our worst moments rather than trusting in God. But we all have to have that conversion, right? It's every, every single person needs to trust in God. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are they who seek, uh, who thirst for justice. Um, that's a transformation that happens because now I'm putting my trust in God rather than worldly p- 
possibilities. So it's a supernatural grace that's given. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, that, that's good. That's good. Um, do you have any final closing thoughts? Hmm. Well, not really. I guess maybe just to say thanks for listening for the time I've been here and uh, hopefully uh, continues with Father Anthony and uh, yeah, probably be uh, a little different, his style, but yeah. So appreciate all those who have participated in the podcast these last year and a half. So, yeah. Well, we've been happy to have you. So, <laughs> um, great. Well, thank you everyone for listening. Um, yeah, we'll be back again next week for the, for probably the, the last with, with father Eli and we'll finish up this series on the Beatitudes. And, um, so yeah, have a great rest of your day and we will uh, catch you again next week.